Tell the ocean we are coming, with buckets. We are running wild and free and happy like children with giant hearts. We will wash the cuts the arrows and the struggles made, cleaning the dirty knees, grazed elbows and battered hearts. Tell the ocean we are coming and we want cleansing. We want the waves of God's goodness to rush through our veins and fill the emptiness with holiness. We will hold on to God's promises as if they were our children, grateful, believing, beloved. We're going to be free from it all. Okay, fantastic. Um, so this morning's message is called Exhale. And the series is about basically, um, as I talked about last week, the idea of just living life. Toxins build up in your system and there's many toxins that we get through food or different things that we do. And uh, when those toxins build up, we can get a level of toxicity in our system. And so there's plenty of detox systems out there, detox programs, uh, fasting or uh, liver cleansing, all these uh, all these diets, if you like, or ways of, of removing toxins from our physical body. And in our walk with God, just living life, we can get a build-up of, of, of toxins uh, in our thinking, in our heart, in our understanding, in our relationships with one another, with God, that build up. And we end up with these, these thoughts or these things in our heart that, that begin to influence or affect our relationship with God and our relationship with others. So this morning, I want to continue uh, in this series out of Psalm 103, and I'll read the verse, or you can have a look at it on the screens. It's Psalm 103, verse 2 to 4. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Do you hear about the guy who uh, owned a salon in a, regional, in a regional town? He was the only salon in town. And he was doing quite a good business, quite a good trade, until big business moved in and a large franchise moved into the town and began to offer $6 haircuts. Everything was $6. $6 haircuts, $6 manicures, $6 perms. Everything was $6. And, and the, the guy whose business had been going quite well began to lose his business. He began to lose customers to the point where his business was under threat. Uh, he was losing money till he put up a sign that said, we fix $6 haircuts. <laughs> God's a little bit like that. Oftentimes we will go to the world because they offer money, relationship, the things that we desire, the things that we want, and we go to them and we find that we end up with a $6 haircut. We find that what was offered, what was presented, is far short of what we were expecting or anticipating. And so it's important that when we come to God, when we do blow it at times, like we all do, we all make mistakes, we all, we all stuff up at different times, that we remember that we know that God is always there. 
And sometimes, just in life, we, we deviate in our, in our affection, in our commitment, in our uh, determination. Uh, but he never does. He never wavers. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And David here, isn't it amazing that he says here, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Why, why would David need to write that down? I mean, if we have experienced something so incredible and so amazing, why would we forget? But you know what? We do. Over and over again. And David, who was a keen or had a keen understanding and interest in history, particularly the history of Israel, knew that over and over again, when you read the history of Israel, you see a cycle of commitment to God, relationship with God, and then a slow ebbing away of that relationship to where they would fall from their place of privilege and blessing and slowly slip away till they would come under bondage or oppression by neighboring uh, countries. And so if you read through the Old Testament, I I was looking it up this week, you know, over a hundred times in the Bible, There is the imperative to remember the Lord or do not forget the Lord. Isn't that incredible? Over a hundred times, particularly throughout the book of Deuteronomy to the Israelites and throughout the whole New Testament, many of the books, at least 10 that I counted, have some kind of scripture or some kind of uh, encouragement or imperative to say, remember the Lord or do not forget the Lord the Lord. I mean, just through Deuteronomy in and of itself, uh, 16 times in Deuteronomy alone, the Lord says, don't forget me. Uh, Just a couple of them. He says, remember, remember where you're from. Remember that you were slaves. Remember what the Lord has done. He says, remember how the Lord led you, how your clothes nor your sandals wore out. Remember that the Lord, it is the Lord who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Remember, remember, remember what God's done. Remember where you've come from. Remember what was going on. Remember what things were like and how they are now. And yet so often when we come out of a difficult time or we come out of a, a challenging time or we find that God answers some prayer that's been burdening our heart or, or we're in a place and God brings us out, how quickly we forget. How quickly we forget the benefits that God has given us. Um, and David here in this, in this uh, psalm is talk as I said last week. He's basically talking to himself. He's encouraging himself, and he's saying, "Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not." He's saying to his own soul. He's saying, "David, don't forget what God has done. Don't forget the benefits that He has given you. Don't forget the past. Don't forget what you have. Don't forget who you are." And that same message is the message that we need to be remembering from the New Testament, that we, we don't forget what God has done. We don't forget the benefits, the blessings, the privileges that we receive in Jesus Christ when we ask him into our life and do not forget who you are in Jesus Christ. How often we find ourselves living our lives, even as believers, and, not, and forgetting the fact that there's certain things that Jesus has given us as believers, things that he purchased on the cross 
by His blood and presented by His grace freely to us that we have access to, that belong to us, and yet sometimes for some reason we just forget. And we go about our lives living those lives, sometimes not even... Uh, not even um, appropriating, if you like, some of the things that God has made available to us. Can you imagine starting work for a company? Oftentimes when you start work for a company, you go through an induction process, don't you? They, they induct you and, uh, and uh, give you an overview of the company and, and part of your role and your job. And, and normally part of the induction process is some idea about the, the privileges, if you like, or, or the things that, uh, that you can receive as a new employee or an employee of a company. It may be shares. It may be they might have, they might have a, a gymnasium. That uh, that you can uh, use that is part of the part of being a a, um, a an employee of the company. Or maybe they tell you the hours that you have to work, the the holidays that you get, all those things. Can you imagine that you're working for a company and you uh, you know they, you go through the, the the induction process, but you sort of forget what they tell you, and you know you're starting work and you and you you and you think your hours are a certain number. And anyway, you're working till say nine till seven you're finishing at seven each night and working away working away and and then you know maybe after six months or a year someone says to you why are you working till seven why do you do those extra two hours every day and you go well that's what I thought I was supposed to be working no no you you are supposed to work till five five is when you finish you go well, I didn't know that well it was in the induction they told you what was available to you or with the gym you know someone might say in this particular instance they might go we never see you in the in the company gym and you're paying for a gym you're paying for a membership to go up to fitness first and there's a company gym we never see you there i didn't know that there was a company gym well you was in the induction oh i forgot that that was available to me or that there's share options how can you never avail yourself of the share i forgot i didn't know that share shares were an option for me as being an employee of this organization. Oftentimes, when we come to Christ, we forget what Christ purchased and made available to us in our lives. And we live our lives not availing ourselves of the things that Jesus said, this belongs to you. When you gave your life to Christ, I purchased these things that you might avail yourself of them. Yeah, come on, that deserves a clap. Come on. <laughs> so I want to I want to quickly go through a few things, three things, just quickly. There's there's plenty, but I think that we oftentimes forget about as we follow Christ, as we live for Christ, we live our lives, and and and. It's important that we don't forget, as David said, said to himself, and something we need to remind ourselves, don't forget what Jesus has done. Don't forget what he has purchased for me and make sure that we are living in the blessing that he purchased, but also living at the privileged position that he obtained for us. Israel, over time, when they forgot what God had done, when they, when they forgot who they were, would stop living as the people of God and who He called, and would slowly diminish or fall away in their area of influence and impact on, on the world. So three things I want to look at quickly that we need to remember. Number one, 
peace. You know what? The whole world is searching for peace. The world in itself, if you look at the nations and everything that's going on, are looking for peace, a, a peace treaty, some kind of option to bring peace to the world. But what's going on in our world with the Middle East and, and with the different countries is simply a symptom and an outworking of what has taken place in the spiritual realm. The fact that there is enmity, as the Bible says, between God and man. There is, there is a brokenness in the world and there will never be peace in the world until there's peace brought in people's heart through Jesus Christ. And so peace belongs to you. It is yours, available in Jesus Christ. John 14, 27 says this. Jesus said just before he went to heaven, peace, everyone say peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How often in our life are we dealing with situations and circumstances, whether they be in the work environment, in our business, maybe in our family, maybe with our children or our parents, maybe in a, in a relationship or, or fearful about the, the housing market or we're fearful about the economy or we're fearful about the share market. And so often we, we live out of that anxiety or out of that fear and we allow it to, to influence our health and our relationships and, and our demeanor and the way we're living. And we have forgotten that Jesus said, my peace I give to you. It's actually ours. But we're not availing ourselves of it, are we? We're not appropriating it. We're not saying, Lord, Jesus has given you his peace. So don't be anxious. Don't be nervous. Don't, it's okay. Bless the Lord, Ward. And everything that is within you, bless his holy name. Don't forget his benefits. Don't forget what he's done. Don't forget what belongs to you. Don't forget that you've got his peace. I don't need to be anxious. I don't need to be worried. I don't need to be fearful about the future because I have peace. Peace is not the absence of trouble. It's not the absence of problems. It's not the absence of any kind of... Um, tra uh, uh, issues. Peace is a person. Peace is a person. The Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. And if you've got Jesus, then you've got access to peace. No matter what we might face. Philippians 4, 6. I just quoted part of it before. Do not be anxious about anything. I don't know how that got in the Bible. But that is all-encompassing. Have you ever noticed that? All includes everything. It includes our business. It includes our career. It includes our marital status. It includes our housing situation. It includes our parents. It includes everything to do with our world, our life, and our future. Do not be anxious about anything but there's something you can do so instead of worrying instead of being fearful um, it says by prayer and petition so don't worry pray 
Don't spend all your time worrying, which is not going to affect or change anything to do with the situation, except maybe give you some grey hair and, and high blood pressure. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, the peace of God which transcends understanding. As I said before, peace is not knowing how this is going to work out. Peace is knowing the one who's going to work it out. In the midst of trouble, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of complications, to be able to say, you know what, Lord, I'm not going to be anxious about this. I'm going to bring it before you. And because of what you've done, your peace is going to fill my heart. Now, that's something you've got to do over and over again. You can make the decision. You go, yeah, I'm feeling good. You go to bed, you wake up the next morning and all of a sudden it's back, isn't it? Anyone ever experienced that? It's there again. You thought you had it. You thought you had it covered. You thought you you dealt with it. You thought you'd put it behind you and then, whoo, fear's back. Worry's back. Anxiety's back. And again, you've got to appropriate what Jesus has done for us and go, you know what? No, no. Thank you for your peace, Lord. Soul, don't worry. Don't be anxious. Jesus is looking after it. Jesus is going to work it out. Jesus is on my side. He is my Lord. He is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I shall not lack is another interpretation of that. I love uh, Justine and Dennis down here. Give these guys a big hand. Justine did an awesome job this morning. We prayed for these guys a couple of weeks ago because they had to be out of their house and you had a week to find a place. Is that right? And they're from Germany. They're studying at Bible college and we prayed and I said, you know what? God is going to look after you guys. He's got, but you know, that's a, you can feel anxious about that, can't you? You can feel, oh, I've got to find somewhere to live in a week. What are you doing, Lord? And then, and then, you know, the devil or thoughts can start coming saying, well, I know this person, their prayer didn't get answered. This person, you know, they were praying for something that didn't get answered. How do I know that my prayer is going to be answered? And you've got to put all that aside and go, you know what? No, God has said. And uh, it was amazing to get a text from Justine. I won't look it up. It might take me too long to say, you know what? We found a place and God has uh, provided an awesome place. And what a celebration. And that's just an example uh, a tremendous example of you guys putting it before God and saying, you know what, God is going to look after us. Um, I got a text this week that John and Bronnie bought a unit over in DY and a uh, phenomenal unit. Uh, I haven't been invited yet, but that's all right. And he bought it yesterday. <laughs> Come over and help us move in. But uh, as an investment, you know, for their future and, and, you know, we were just talking a couple of weeks ago and just saying, you know what, the prices are going up. It's hard to get something with a good value in a good location. And, and yet, again, here's God providing over and above our expectation and we can get all anxious. You can get anxious and worried and concerned about these things. And yet Jesus said, don't let the little things get you down. Don't focus on these things, which are important, which are... It is important to have somewhere to live. It's important you know, to get into the housing market for those that want to be in the housing market. It's, it's important to, to get married for those who want to get married. It's important to have children or, or whatever these desires of our heart are. They're, they're, they're not uh, something to just be minimized and pushed to the side. They're important. And if they're important to us, they're important to God. Because He is like any loving Father who wants to provide good 
gifts for his children and to bring blessing. And Jesus said, if you, you know, if, if you think an earthly father's good, how much better, how much greater, how much more protective is the loving heavenly father who has no imperfection, who has no sin, and has absolute, undying, well, dying, prepared to die love for us and our future. It's so important to remember that and remind ourselves, don't forget what Jesus has done. Don't forget that his peace belongs to us. Don't forget that he's looking after us. Don't forget that it's going to work out, that it's going to be okay. Over and over again, the scriptures show us that Jesus will not let us down. Amen? Uh, I'll just rattle off another one before we go to the next point. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but he's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline, the NIV says. So fear is not from God. Anxiety, concern are things that come from the outside in. But Jesus said, if you've got his faith, his love, his hope, his his um, peace on the inside, then you're going to have a greater um, weight, if you like, on the inside than on the outside. That's why it's so important that we are not just reminding ourselves of what Jesus has done, but building a, a strength within. I remember when I was at school and they did an experiment in science where, you know, they, you may have done that as well, where they suck the air out of the, the big can. Was anyone, did anyone do that in science? Yeah. And so they start sucking the air out and you find that once, once the pressure on the outside becomes greater than the, the pressure on the inside, the can just implodes. It just folds up into this, this little thing. You think, wow, that's incredible. And oftentimes, you know, we find that, that the pressure on the outside, when it starts to become greater than the, than the strength on the inside, we find that our, our heart and our attitude and our, our faith begins to get squashed in. It begins to implode. That's why it's so important that we are pressing out, that we're reminding ourselves what Jesus has done. Every time we do that, every time we, we appropriate the scriptures, every time we're, we're meditating on, every time we're coming before God, what we're doing is creating an equilibrium, a strength within our heart that when the pressures come, and they will come, and when the challenges come, and they will come, that they're not going to overwhelm us. They're not going to compress us. They're not going to squash us down, but that we're able to continue to walk through, continue to find solutions, continue to trust God, continue to believe that all things are working together for good. Amen? Amen. So number two. Number one was peace. Number two, I don't know if I'll get to number three, but anyway, number two, hope. I think peace and hope, oftentimes as believers... We forget it belongs to us. Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you all with joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound. Everyone say abound. You may abound in hope. Again, hope is not the absence of hopelessness. Hope is a person. It's a gift that comes from Jesus Christ. And when we have Christ in our life, hope belongs to us. Hope in a better future. Hope that things are going to work out. Hope that everything's going to be okay. 
And it's not based on our circumstances. It's not based on our, uh, on our education. It's not based upon how the economy is going, the stock market. It's not based on the housing prices. It's simply based upon a relationship with the God of hope, knowing that, you know what, it's going to be okay. It is going to work out. Um, faith and trust in Jesus Christ brings hope, a positive expectation of good in the future, for now and the future. You know, when I was um, at university, I remember one of the acute moments of hopelessness that I felt where Jesus Christ came in and completely uh, changed it around. I, I went to my first year of uni up in Newcastle, wanted to get out of Sydney, went up there, um, was do, I, wanted to do, uh, I wanted to be a lawyer, I didn't get into law, uh, so I started an arts degree, I uh, decided I'd go up to Newcastle, started my first year up there, uh, I was just going to do a year, um, and it was okay, uh, obviously missed home, missed Sydney for a while, but then I started to make some friends, towards the end of this year I met, I met this girl, and all of a sudden everything changed. Newcastle didn't seem so bad. All of a sudden, oh, it's not so bad. I mind being up here. And so anyway, a friendship developed and, and uh, we started to, uh, it was not quite dating, but anyway, it was like, wow, this is awesome. And, and anyway, I was going to come back to Sydney and I uh, thought, oh, you know, I really want to go back to Sydney, but I don't know, maybe she was a, she was a Christian um, and uh, I met, uh, she'd introduced me to her church on the Central Coast and met a whole bunch of people. Anyway, circumstances began to change i'm like oh i want to go back to sydney but you know i'm enjoying this time i I like this girl maybe it's going to work out i don't know um anyway so i made a decision and i had a transfer window you know you got to if you want to transfer back i thought you know what i'm going to stay i'm going to see if this works out anyway so i didn't i didn't transfer uh and i think she went away over christmas and, and the holidays and i was working trying to save money anyway came back and the week before I went back to uni, somehow we got in contact, I don't remember, and I said, oh, I'll see you next week. And she goes, no, no, I've transferred to Sydney. So she, we were both doing an arts degree. She decided to do a, uh, become a, a physiotherapist, and so she was transferred to Lidcombe at the college there. I remember that moment like it was yesterday. I never wanted to stay in Newcastle. I didn't really want to be there. The only... The only light in that situation was the fact that you know I like this girl and who knows what was going to work out and uh and then it was like oh no way and then all I felt was I and my apologize to apologies to anyone who's from Newcastle but my thought in Newcastle's a beautiful place but (laughs) I remember at the time I hate it here everything anything that that I liked about it was now gone and I remember the first day I remember catching the bus, uh, the train up and walking in and walking on a campus and I remember just thinking I hate it here I can't live a, I can't last another year in this place I I won't make it I remember feeling absolutely and utterly hopeless I just thought I, I do not want to keep going if I've got to go through a year here. Does anyone, anyone relate to what I'm talking about? Anyway, I remember just thinking, I remember just thinking, God, you have got to help me. 
I do not know what to do. And uh, I remember I walked into the, into the toilet block, one of the toilet blocks on the campus up there, and I remember closing the toilet door, chucking my bag on the ground and sitting on the toilet <laughs> like this and crying, just going, God, I feel so hopeless. I do not want to be in this place. And uh, I just said, God, you've got to help me. You have to help me. I've got to get back to Sydney. I can't spend a year up here. And I just prayed maybe for 45 minutes, maybe it was an hour, and I just said, God, uh, I, need, I need you right now. And I remember thinking, oh, I need to call my mom and have a chat. I said, look, all I can do is try and do a late transfer to New South Wales, um, which I'd been offered but I didn't take up. And so uh, I remember I rang my mum. I don't think they're here today. Uh, oh, they're in Ginderbine. Um, and I remember saying, Mum, I want to transfer back to Sydney. And I know it's late and I know uni started, but you know we need to believe, God, I've got to get back down to Sydney. Can you ring the university and just ask them if it's possible, if there's a place for me uh, to take up... Um, now that uni's already started. Anyway, she said, okay, I'll go and make the phone call. So I went back to my toilet <laughs> and just prayed and said, God, I just feel so hopeless. There is nothing I can do about this situation, absolutely nothing, but you can do anything. All things are possible for you. I know that, and I know that you've been so good to me, and I know that you love me, and uh, and I just ask it. Anyway, I Kept praying for about an hour, I think. Just sat there and then went and rang my mum. It's before mobile phones. And uh, <laughs> I remember going and saying, oh, have you heard back from them? And I remember these words as clear as a bell. And she said, they said that you are accepted into New South Wales University. And oh, oh, the elation. Oh, the, that feeling. I don't know if you've ever felt that, where you feel completely hopeless, and then God just turns things around. He takes the lid off an enclosed situation. All of a sudden, the skies are so blue. Whoa, look at that sky. Hey, how are you? Woo, what a day. <laughs> what a day. Oh, what a day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Not that other day, this one. <laughs> And, uh, but it's so important to remember, you know, you may have gone through a situation like that. You may have seen God come through and then we face another situation, maybe a similar situation. And we forget that that same God is the same yesterday, today and forever. That hope is not based on what the circumstances look like. It's not based on the challenges or the impossibilities which stand before us. Hope is purely reliant upon Jesus Christ because he's the God of hope. And do not forget that. Do not forget the Lord. Do not forget his benefits. Do not forget what the Lord has done. And the last one, I will finish with this, but I'll make it quick. The third one. So we've got peace. We've got hope. And the other one's forgiveness. You know, even as Christians at times, we mess up. We make mistakes. We blow it. Even as a pastor, I know you'll find it very hard to believe because when you look at me, I look amazing and uh, perfect. 
<laughs> That's what my wife keeps telling me. Anyway, you're just perfect, honey. <laughs> um, but the reality is we all make mistakes. We all blow it at times. We all, we all let God down and we let ourselves down. And yet we forget that Jesus Christ has forgiven us once and for all, that we can come back to him again and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Make me clean and whole again. And you know what? Every time he does. And we forget that forgiveness is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. And every time we come to him, no matter how many times we stuff up, no matter how many times we make a mistake, no matter how many times we blow it, we can come back and we can say, God, I've blown it again. Can you forgive me? Can you forgive me? And you know what? Every time, every time, he says, of course, I forgive you. Of course, I forgive you. My grace is all-encompassing. My mercy is never-ending. And Ephesians 1, 7 to 10 says this, Because of the sacrifice of Jesus, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're a free people. You know what? When, you, when we know these things and, that, and we understand them, that's when we can exhale. The tension can go. You can go, you know, when something's over, you just go, <sighs> anyone ever done that? You get through it, you just go, <sighs> finally, a big day. <sighs> Glad that's over. The whole sense of ex- exhaling comes from knowing that everything's going to be okay. You're forgiven. We come to Jesus. We're a free people, free of the penalties and punishments chalked up by our misdeeds. And not just barely free either, abundantly free. He thought of everything, provided for everything we could possibly need, letting us in on the plans he took such delight in making. Can you believe this? How long has this been going on? He set it all out before us in Christ. Long-range plans in which everything would be brought together and summed up in Him. Everything in deepest heaven, everything on planet Earth. That's the Jesus that you gave your life to. That's the God in whom we trust and believe. And that's the God in whom we must continue to remember all that He's done all that he is and all that we are in Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We love you, God. We thank you that your word is true and that we do blow it at times and we do forget at times and we do try and do it on our own at times and we fall or or drift from our elevated place of blessing and of privilege of hope and trust and love and forgiveness. And Father, today we come before you again and we say, God, thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've given. Thank you for what we have. Thank you thank you for who we are now that we belong to Christ. Remind us, Lord, to remember the Lord to appropriate his blessings, to walk in the things that we have, to live above the circumstances and the challenges and the situations in which we deal with. 
by the power of your Holy Spirit.